Hello there, you found it. The Japan Watch Podcast, blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo. I am your co-host, Matt Bigelow. And I'm Tom Molesky. We bring you the inner workings of Japan with an outsider's perspective, with zero insight, but plenty of accents, apparently. Zero insight, indeedly doodly. Neighborino. You are Matt, aren't you? Welcome. You're not a clone with a... Let's hear, let's tune in to the wonderful song of Matt Hogan. Imagine yourself in the Cheers television show thinking about coronavirus. Take the steps, stay left and mind the gap and go on towards a cab. Such an odd fixation. It'll go by fast, but if you relax your eyes to let the light and as you pass, there's a secret station. There's something in there, see a light that sometimes shines, signs I can almost read. Each time we pass by, catch a glimpse of something new, too quick to get to speed. And that's Matt Hogan's Secret Station. You can check that out on his website, uh, YouTube. And here's another one by Takashi Umemiya and the Comrades, Chili Pepper. That was Chili Pepper by Takashi Mimi and the Comrades. Uh, I love Vera's voice. Uh, I actually really like that video, too, because Takashi and I have the same sense of humor. The whole time Vera's singing, Takashi is, like, shaking his microphone because he keeps trying to sing and no voice. You know, he doesn't sing in the, actually sing in the song, but it's like his mic was broken and he couldn't do it. So um, that always cracked me up. Um, I like the way you introduced a Matt Hogan song. It just reminded me of uh, AM Radio. You're listening to the golden sounds of the 70s with AM 520. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, yes. the hobo theme song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
king of the hill. And they'd always, for some reason, play Wild Side by Lou Reed. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was like bizarre, didn't match anything else. I used to listen to a lot of yeah. uh, old-timey AM radio. That's actually, yeah. um, that's one of my favorite eras of American music is yeah. the 50s, 60s, 70s yeah. AM radio yeah. music where it's a mixture of country, mm-hmm. pop, and a little bit of rock and some opera or some strings in there sometimes. It's an easy thing to laugh about, but yeah, you always remember it. Like, that was reminiscing by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. And you'll be listening to Kenny Rogers coming up with Islands in the Stream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all based on the Great American Songbook yeah, as well, yeah, where, yeah. where people didn't really have their individual songs, but you mm. would do versions of the same song. Yeah, yeah. And one person would nail that version. Yep. Everybody would be like, oh, that person brought that song to a whole new level. You True. Know? Yeah. Country Road by John Denver. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is The Carpenters with <laughs> Top of the World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could do a whole show of those, but... Uh, you're doing listen, good. You're doing yeah. better than me. I used to listen to it a lot. Yeah. Japan What listeners, if you'd like a whole show of those, don't bother. I know you you don't. So <laughs> yeah. that's the, everybody is just popping into their brains, of course. AM radio from the 70s. Like, this please stop it. Yes. <laughs> so how have you been? Although there is oh, a oh, podcast sorry. called yes. Music from 100 Years Ago. And really? it basically is this old guy yeah. with a... Uh, a a ton of records mm-hmm. and he just chooses yeah, songs yeah. from the records and puts them in a podcast formula. Oh, okay. Music from 100 years ago. Oh, it's I, an interesting podcast. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, I wanted to say that um, Takashi Umemiya is, he has a show, he has several shows actually. He yes. has the Beach House, he has the Resistance, he has the No and Host show. Um, he wanted to, he asked me to announce that they're going to actually split the uh, No and Host show into two playlists. And the second one is now going to be renamed Cruisin'. I think that because um, you might have noticed if you heard the show that it gets muted very quickly. He's hoping maybe he can, um, by breaking it into two shows, it won't be muted as quickly. And um, you get to listen to it for longer. So um, look for Cruisin' by his uh, studio, Outcast Studios. Has nothing to do with Grinder. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just if your case, the, the demographic is listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not what we're talking They about. might be. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't, saying. yeah. Yes. Just, you know, some guys like Cruisin'. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> finally. Cruisin' in Tokyo. I've been waiting. <laughs> Wait, they could just be thinking of the song by the Rascals, right? That's also true. Yeah, okay. That demographic also exists. Yes. But I think it's not it's as not active. Up, yeah, it's not up to us to judge. No, I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm providing a PSA here for the cruising community. Yes, I have my finger pointed right at Matt right now. That's <laughs> not what I... No, anyway. <laughs> Quick, react with anger. Never, never. <laughs> How's everything else been going? Yeah, just uh, dealing with the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, I've been staying in a lot. Yeah. I live in central Tokyo. Yeah. And there's yeah. a grocery store, a supermarket, right. where I usually do my supermarket shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's usually pretty packed, especially on a Saturday at around 5 p.m. Yeah. You know, you expect really long lines. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. empty yesterday. That's interesting, isn't it? On the second floor of the supermarket mm-hmm. where it's bustling with activity on any given day. Right. There was like four people on the entire second floor. That's pretty, yeah. It was yeah. awesome. It is kind of, isn't it? I was it's like, a little. Finally. It's unnerving. I catch a but, break yeah. over here. Yeah. It's like uh, last week we were talking about Tokyo Station. It's yeah. like, it's it's ominous, but kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I, I need more of this virus. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? Um, 
we we uh Japan what listeners we uh go from studio to studio last week we were by Tokyo station um this week we're back at a place in Takara uh Takaracho yeah basically the Ginza area yeah kind of a shopping district in the and, Ginza uh, yeah uh we're on the 10th floor of a building renting this studio but on the what is it the basement floor there's a bar and yeah. there's a line of bottles and a few weeks back we put a corona bottle cuz we were going to take a picture yes and uh for the um, a header for the show, basically. Right. And we left For the there. artwork. Yeah, for the artwork. New artwork every week. Exactly. We give that to you. We give until it hurts. Yeah. Um, but nobody took the bottle down. No, it's still f- there. I feel it's like... It's an Italian restaurant. You, well... With a Mexican beer um, bottle there. Everyone's a very open-minded there, I'd like okay, to think. sure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Blowing my mind. Well, what I was thinking is when the coronavirus finally like blows over, I feel we should take that bottle away as a symbolic gesture. Ah, yes. 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 Okay, I'm and down. Then, I'm yeah. down. And we'll take a picture of that for that show. Yeah. We'll break the bottle. <laughs> yeah. We'll smash <laughs> it and then take a picture and that will be the artwork. Excellent. It. Yes. I like that idea. It's it's also like an internal joke for, for us yeah. renting this place because- this bar has a little shelf and they put out all these little wine bottles yeah. and cut to make like a, mm-hmm. an, a, a, a an Italian feeling on the outside of the building. And That's right. Yes. We, we walk by and just put that, that Corona bottle there. And yes. And all the yeah. other bottles are dusty yeah. and they've been there for years. Yes. And there's this one shiny Corona bottle. The other bottle shun there. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody well, notices. Yeah, nobody. Well, maybe they did notice and said, oh, cool. Somebody added to it. Now it's a f- completely full shelf. Right. It, it was one bottle short before. So One thing we need on our uh, mm-hmm. display for the restaurant is a bright label saying Corona. Yeah. And maybe they do serve Corona, so we just helped them out. All right. Yeah. So anyway, um, I wanted to add a couple things that uh, Andrew Holtby uh, actually wrote us from the last uh, his interview last week, right? And he uh, just wanted to say thank you. A fine chap. Yes, indeed. He said, uh, "Hey, man, thanks for having me. I've had a jazz singer in Sapporo contact me over this, so we actually uh, somebody heard the interview and contacted him, and perhaps in a future uh, music room session, uh, this person will be performing. So that's cool, man. Yeah, I like how we." Small little changes, is, you know. Is networking, it's getting out there. Yeah, changing lives. And uh, I've noticed on the uh, analytics platform that I use, yeah. most of the viewers and listeners, yeah. I guess we, we, we shouldn't call them viewers, most of the listeners sure. are, are within Japan, like over 90%. Yeah. The last yeah. one I was doing was like 15% and mostly in America. So it's nice oh, to really? be doing this homegrown aspect oh, great. to it yeah yeah absolutely i'm yeah. trying to do more search engine optimization and put mm-hmm. like a lot more mm-hmm. addresses and japan stuff into the um back end of the podcast yeah. uploads and i think that focuses the mm-hmm. search results right. into japan more specifically interestingly i my thought was that we were talking about the inner workings of japan so more people outside of japan would be listening to it that was just my initial impression but i'm happy whoever's listening i'm glad you are you're here listening to us yeah and if you want to advertise, yeah, there's also that. Yeah, you, that's a good point. <laughs> you know that your your Japanese product is going to be uh, being broadcasted or podcasted yeah. within within the Japanese borders and not being heard by a, mm-hmm. a disparate uh, group of people that you will never ever meet. You know, yeah. we have a concentrated demographic. That's right. Yeah, of awesome. really awesome. The best the best people are listening. Not that's it. And they're rich. They're rich. They have money. <laughs> 
We got time for, uh, actually, uh, wanted to give you a quick update on the singer that we played a few weeks back also. Is this the one that got off her, her, her keister and decided <laughs> to to swing, take some swings at the music scene? No, no. But um, yes, um, it would be that one. Um, she, uh, I, uh, she, I, and two musicians, a drummer and a guitarist, actually met up and sat down and tried to come up with a plan for um, meeting up and uh, rehearsing and her choosing some cover songs to go from, and then um, from there deciding whether or not they want to perform together. So perhaps in about a month's time, um, they'll have their first uh, rehearsal session. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now the thing is, it's just finding um, a good decades music to focus on. And we're thinking the 80s is a good one. 80s is good, especially for um, rhythm. Yeah, the 80s has a lot of rhythm yeah. in it. Same with the 70s. Right, right. A lot of rhythm. Yeah. Right now we're living in an era with no rhythm. A little where, bit, where yeah. All of the music is um, a lot of just kind of uh, mumblecore, well, iPad produced. There's very rap little music. raw vocals either. Yeah, that's yeah. also true. Yeah. Um, but the songs we just played have really good rhythm. The oh, one with yeah. Takashi and the one with Matt Hogan. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, get some rhythm. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe this is just the beginning of a new a new start. You know what I yeah. mean? Like a new wave. Finally, to kind of overcome what's going on now. But we won't see that happening in for another few years. They could even call it a new start. The project, okay. but with like really heavy katakana pronunciation. <laughs> a new starto. Starto. Yeah. <laughs> new starto. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps it'll all start with the uh, with the new band that I help put together. That's right. Yes, yes. We can only hope. And great naming as well. Well, back to the coronavirus. Actually, what we we're saying. It seems. Um, just quick thing. It seems like we were. We're, all of us were a little critical of um, the prime minister's move. Was it overcompensating after the whole disaster that was the Diamond Princess cruise ship fiasco? Um, 700 people infected. Yeah, but um, looking at it more and more now, it seems like maybe that was the smart move to do, to do that kind of immediate um, quarantine of everything. Right. Looking at America now, um, I was just looking at the statistics. It seems like already America has doubled the number of cases and deaths that um, Japan has now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, um, it, it might, I mean, it's not a perfect, you know, it wasn't perfect timing, but who could predict it? Um, and yeah, anything could be more nuanced, but it seemed like it was the wise choice. Yeah, I, I've been self-quarantining and I know most Japanese people as well are, yeah. are self-quarantining. There's not a lot of outdoor activity going yeah. on at the moment and that seems to be the best thing to do. Like it's, it sounds mm. really boring and pedantic to say yeah. it. it's like wear a mask, wash yeah. your hands, don't go out unless you need to. Right, exactly. Yeah, and um, but it which does... is great because now like yeah. the idea of socializing, yeah, nobody expects it. It's yeah, yeah, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. Um, but and it seems like maybe you mean Japan will come stay out of this home and day drink. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> to do that and don't go outside. What do I need more whiskey? Yeah. Order it online. We'll deliver it to yeah. you. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Be responsible and day drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be responsible. Day drink at home. Ah. <laughs> but I had noticed there's been a lot of really odd headlines. Yeah, fake news. Everybody's talking about the fake news. Yeah. It's fake. So um, we've 
collected uh, five of the most odd, the most fake, the most the top uh, five fake news. Clickbaity, yeah. Do you uh, shall I do the honors? Well, let's 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 trade off. Like you're, oh, okay. we're playing volleyball. I like this, and okay. uh, you have some fake news volleyballs, and I have right. some fake news volleyballs. We're gonna slam them into the sand, okay. jump around in our bikinis. <laughs> so uh, then, who shall lead off? Oh, uh, who I, I, well, you serve. Okay. The number one fake news coronavirus headline is expert monkey brains under pillow drastically cuts coronavirus by thirty three percent. Yes, fake. Not don't, true at all. Don't, don't put monkey brains under your pillow. Even if you have them, don't put them under your pillow. The next one. 14 corona reasons why panic and pandemic are going to kill you. That one seems a little too real to me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I've never heard of corona reasons. Corona reasons. You're right. That's, okay. That's, that's, that's a, a new buzzword. That's the kids, a fake thing that's yeah. not scientifically based. And 14... Why 14? It should be, you know, that it's not focused enough. It doesn't sound scientific or engineered. It just sounds like uh, something you'd see on BuzzFeed. Right. It's something to enrage the millennials. <laughs> the third one is fatal corona burps. Is your infant okay? That's a little dark. I got I got that, That's dark. Yeah. I mean, is it? Is it also who is doing the burping? Oh, that's a you good see. point. Because uh, I read I think, it as the baby. Okay, if you're burping. Uh, yeah. But you could be the parent right. burping on your baby. Right. And then your baby yeah. dies. <laughs> Fatally. Very dark. Very dark. Okay. It was a fatal death. We embrace a wide range of humor at the Japan What Podcast Show. <laughs> is it me next? It's you. All right. No, coronavirus isn't AIDS, but it may as well be. It's not AIDS. You see, I thought, yeah. I <laughs> And the last uh, top five fake news coronavirus headlines. Now that food is gone, five-minute toilet paper dishes are all the rage. Yes. Yeah, all right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we need a finishing. Have you come up with a theme song for? Ooh, theme song. Yeah, I yeah, don't right. know. I'm looking. All right. Really bum, see. bum, bum. Uh, is it? <laughs> oh, is it? There we go. There we go. Whew. Managed to you know, I don't drunk. believe any of those. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I wonder who, what type of madman would even come up with these and try to distribute with them online or much much worse, on even on a podcast. What madman indeed. Yes, what madman would come up with these types of horrendous... <laughs> this isn't even like close to fake news. It's no. double ungood yeah. fake news plus. Yeah, I think so. I believed it when I first read it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are convincing. That's sad. That's, that's, sad. that's probably, Yeah, I can see that. Like the third one, fatal corona burps, is your infant okay? Yeah. No, no. But that's what made it seem like it was a real headline to me. Like mm. I was like, yeah, I could see someone writing that. Some some super knee-jerk like in a bunker. Genius. On meth. Yeah, genius. Yeah, right, writing this. Yeah, in a bunker on meth. Yeah, exactly. Or that, yes. That, that would be pretty too. horrible, come come to think of it. I think that's where most of the journalism comes from these days. People on bun- in bunkers on meth. Bunkered meth People dwellers. People on yeah. bunkers in meth. Oh, on bunk. yeah, that seems they're, more they're like meth it to me. bathtubs. Yeah, they're, they're running just, on top of the bunker. That's They get paid $15 per news item, and uh, that's why they're on meth. Or in the meth bathtub is to keep up with the amount of uh, speed on their, their typing speed to make enough money to pay their rent 
to live in their mommy's basement. Somehow it all adds up. Is that true? Do people really live in their mommy's basement? Is that really a, like a thing that I, I hear a lot about it, like uh, from especially boomers? Okay. Boomers are like, oh, just go back and live in your mommy's basement, you millennial. But then I'm like, are, are millennials living in their mommy's basements? I don't know. I tend to think not the basement. I tend to think they just kept their old room and never left it. I left as soon as I could. I did too. Um, but yeah, that was a different time, right? I mean, that that was kind of how they laid down the law. Like, my parents kindly said that at high school graduation, I needed to either go to university, get a job, and but move out. Mm-hmm. That, and it, that was just what was done. It wasn't like mean or like, how could you? It was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Dream's over. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't throw me out like that. I know. Although that's an interesting comic image of just like two hands and me flying <laughs> through the air, yeah. like ah. <laughs> I, it made me laugh. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we do have a guest coming up for today. Do tell. Uh, today's Who is this guest. guest um, ooh, Sean. Yes, Sean Anderson, I believe. So thank you very much. Yeah. My mind was in a fart zone. Yeah, I heard he has a, basically a, a new kind of uh, strategy, technique, and product to, uh, for English teaching in, here in Japan. Yeah, and so he's. I think this is great. The market is ripe uh, yeah. for disruption, and let's uh, get him on the horn here. I'm just going to get this set up. Yeah, sure. Can we just get you to please do a brief self-introduction and uh, what, what you're doing uh, with your product? Sure. Um, well, my name is Sean Anderson, and I've been teaching in Japan for over 20 years. Oh, uh, I've taught at multiple uh, Eikaiwa, multiple private high schools, a lot of different uh, places. I've even done teaching at businesses. Um, and uh, the project that I'm working on currently uh, is a easy-to-read manga series uh, that's just starting to take off. Um, basically, what we started out doing was we were looking around at a lot of the reading material, and we also looked at some of the research that was going on uh, with uh, the uh, Japanese Education Ministry, and we were finding out that uh, um, what's going on in Japan is while students' uh, speaking ability is improving, their reading overall is tanking. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That used to be the story that reading was always the much stronger skill and speaking was not doing so well. Yeah, we thought the same thing. And so it was a, it was a really big surprise. The, the top 4% uh, were doing better, but uh, the, uh, the, top, the, uh, the lower 66 were just dropping. So. Wow. Oh. So um, you came up with a, a, a manga series and... Um, are you the actual? Uh, do you do the artwork on this? Our our artist is his name is uh, Mione, and he lives up in Hokkaido. Oh wow! Um, okay, he's an ex manga artist. Um, he's been serialized a couple of times, um, but uh, he was now he does uh, art for a government sponsored YouTube channel, and okay. he'd been doing a little manga on his own in between, and. Uh, Hadn't had much luck catching on, and then we found him, and he's been working for us ever since. 
And uh, yeah, so a beautiful friendship was born, as we say. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's been really surprising when we found him. He was he was he was feeling kind of down because really? he really loved to do manga, but he hadn't really had the time. And now um, he says what, that what he's been doing with us is some of the best stuff he's done in twenty years. Oh, wonderful! That's great. And can you just explain a little bit more of what he is and what you are doing? You were, we were talking about sure. the, the ability of reading dropping down, and then you come in with this new product to try to bring it up. Can you give us a little backgrounder on what the product is? Sure. Um, the Basically what it is, is it's an easy-to-read manga. But the thing is, is I know that sounds uh, pretty, uh, pretty, a little bit vague, but basically what's going on is in Japan, there's a lot of graded reader material. This is books that have been um, written very simply for students to understand. The problem is, is where the reading is tanking, it's in the junior high, high school, and university levels. But all the graded readers are designed for the art, the story quality, all of it is something that Lego would aim at toddlers. I see, okay. And so we stepped in and decided, well, instead of, you know, writing this kind of material, we decided to go for a manga, which is, you know, on the same level of emotional investment as, say, something like One Piece or My Hero Academia with the same level of art. Um, and but still keeping it easy enough to read uh, for people who are starting out in English. And so far, uh, it's been reasonably successful. We've uh, found that we're very popular with students from 8 to 14 years old, but uh, that's our sweet spot. We've also had a lot of success with university and uh, high school students and junior high school students and late elementary. But, but this is because the story is interesting to them. You know, it's it's all fine and good to, to give them a graded reader that's all about with practical vocabulary. But if they're not invested, they're not going to remember. I've noticed that. I'm a teacher, too. And I, what I really don't like about graded readers is that they seem like they're too nerfed. They're, they're almost coddling the, the children. Oh, we if we challenge them too much, they will lose their confidence is something I've always heard. So what do you do to um, challenge them but not make it too difficult? Well, in terms of actually, it's a bit of the opposite. Uh, what we want to do is we want to keep them out of the dictionary. Okay. Um, and so we keep the language as low as we can possibly make it. And we increase the vocabulary from two to five new words with every chapter. And right now in the early chapters, the grammar is in the present tense, but eventually we'll move into the past tense. The thing is, is we make the, the, the increase in difficulty so gradual that the student with, you know, Japan has had 20 years of, of English education. Um, but the thing is, they're they're you know they haven't become fully invested in it in terms of um, making it personal. So we wanted to create stories that actually grabbed their interest, and so that's what's happening: is they stay out of the dictionary. It's not interrupting their story experience. Um, the words are repeated often enough so that they don't, uh, you know, the re- the vocabulary is constantly reinforced. In our uh, prototype practices. The uh, we had some students who just you know they'd be reading along. If they came across a word they didn't know, they shouted it out to a fellow student and they carried on. What was great about it was it kept them out of their dictionaries and the, the dictionaries not interrupting their overall reading experience. Yeah, that's great actually. And um, yeah, 
or if they look it up on a phone, you, you tend not to remember the word afterwards. It kind of, for the moment, you get the meaning to, to continue the story, but then afterwards you kind of lose it. So in this way, they're actually trying to re maybe retaining it a little, more, little more strongly. Yeah, very much so. And and the thing too is like, you know, in the current teachers' market right now, every time some teacher comes up with something innovative, they're always marketing it to other teachers. And it's it's you know one little microcosm of teachers selling to teachers, and they're not. Um, you know, and through the teachers, if the teachers consider it, yes, this is okay for my safe space, and then I'll go take it to my students. That's assuming the teacher has the okay from the administration to buy it or whatever else. So you see this little microcosm of, of teachers at expos who are selling to each other, uh, but, you know, struggling to, to get at their target audience. In our case, what we're hoping is that we'll bypass the teachers. Yes, bypass the teachers. Or at the very least, the, you know, my dream would be, you know, the students look at this manga, which is called Crystal Hunters, by the way, right, um, right. is a full on fantasy manga. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the teacher, uh, you know, the, the students will, will be reading it at home uh, because they want to. Or a teacher will come and introduce it to the class and the students will be like, yeah, we're reading it already. Where have you been? You know, oh, great. Yeah. that's the kind of thing we're after. Again. We'd love to be introduced into the classroom, but like I said, Japan's been taking you know English for, for 20 years, but it's always been in the confines of a workspace. Even the games and everything else that everybody plays, like teachers use, it's still in school. It's still in the confines of a work area. And most English, of the games are being played to kill time in the classroom because nobody's speaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's and you know a lot of games that are that are popular in in uh, in classrooms now are ones that teachers can give the students and, and kind of walk away, which is is not you know uh, something that is it's good if it's something to take home, but uh, you know something more engaging with the teacher involved might be better. It depends, but again, the the key idea here is that we want the the, the students to you know not see English as their coworker. You know, I'm not looking to replace the gatekeepers, the TOEICs, the TOEFLs, the, the tests. They're not looking to give anybody a good time. The students are going to have to face the, in quotes, boring stuff eventually. But for the main, in the meantime, they need stuff that's engaging, stuff that, you know, they want to read in English. And I hope that our manga will uh, give them that opportunity. Um, if you need a, another example. Yes, well, the English version of our manga is kind of working its way through. The Japanese version of our manga has exploded. Oh, wow. um, uh, we've had over 10,000 views on Pixiv. We're coming up on 1,000 likes on Facebook um, across sites. Um, whereas Japan is having a bit of a struggle trying to embrace English for itself, uh, to take it home and make it part of its, its fun, uh, personal fun, not academic. Uh, there's people all over the world apparently that are just, you know, super hungry for, for, for Japanese. And we're in the middle of a bit of a storm right now because, uh, the success of this has been somewhat unexpected. In fact, mm -hmm. it has overlapped, um, our English product at the moment. Really? <laughs> Do you know any of the reasons why it's, uh, why because it's popular? Japan hasn't, Japan is not promoting its language the way it should. Um, it, it doesn't. It hasn't appreciated its audience. So think about this. You know, students today here in Japan, they want to study English, but why? Well, they have a test to pass, whether it's TOEIC or TOEFL or something, some kind of gatekeeper to get past for their career. 
Um, so, you know, what fun is that? Where's the personal investment? Some want to travel, sure, but that's temporary. You know, they're, they're not necessarily looking to live in another country. On the other hand, we've got people in North America and all over the world. They watch manga or they read manga. They watch anime and they get this th emotional thrill inside them. You know, they want to be reading whatever it is, One Piece or whatever manga they love in that language. They're, they're stormed by Japanese pop culture. So they rush to go read Japanese, and then they, you know, they take their first manga, whether it be the one they love, whether it be uh, One Piece or, or, or um, you know, anything else that's out there, and they get to it, and it's just, it's too darn hard, and you know, they they lose their spirit, and and they don't move forward, and so people might recommend, oh well, read Doraemon or something like that, but these people that are rushing to learn Japanese, they aren't ten years old, they aren't five years old, they're not looking for for cat stories or or anything like that, they want. The same experience they're getting from manga and anime over, you know, that's coming in from overseas. So we decided to write that. The thing was, is we started out in English thinking Japan would, would seriously appreciate it. But we put the Japanese one out there and suddenly everybody's like, oh, my God, where has this been? There's this huge gap in beginner level stuff that is engaging for the people that want to learn it. I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, if you want to learn Japanese and then someone hands you a stack of children's books, how are you going to feel? Yeah, it's it's not really engaging, and um, I often find that uh, even when the Japanese is tailored to a foreigner, I'm always reading about Mr. Brown, who is a, a lawyer at uh, Sakura University, and on weekends he goes walking in the park and writes his wife a letter or something like that. Just this fake world with this fake person that I'm sterile. supposed to believe is real. You know, yeah. like it's it's uh, it's almost disingenuous. Yeah, yeah, that. And the other side of it is, you know, there's a lot of stories about culture. Like you can read about Japanese ghosts, you can read Japanese fairy tales and stuff like that. But again, what to you know, do on Sakura Day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Like I used to take Japanese lessons and they started teaching me about national holidays. But at the time I worked for Nova, you know, and Nova was short for like no vacation. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't care about national holidays and I didn't care about festivals so the vocabulary never stuck at that point in my and even Japanese, Japanese people don't care about their national holidays none of them know what they mean or what they do why are they telling me about it suddenly right right it's like they're trying to make you know us guardians of their culture by passing on their their fairy tales and so on but I think that's just a, a, a I don't want to say cop-out but it's 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 easy you know everybody knows the stories maybe it, it, but the thing is is you know, if I'm going to read something in another culture, or I'm not, I, or if they're going to read something from mine, I don't want to hand them Cinderella. I don't want to hand them the folk tales. I want to know what do you want to read about? Oh, you want to read about spies and mystery? Oh, you want to read about swords and sorcery? Okay, well, here you go. And since fantasy is the number one, you know, uh, genre uh, out there, you know, uh, you just have to look around. Like going back to Lego is my. Uh, example, which is one I use in my presentations, Lego adapts. Like back in 1949, when they came out in the first place, you know they they had their original set. Then when the 80s rolled around and everybody cared about space, they switched to space Lego. I love space Lego. And then after Lego. that, <laughs> now they're selling Ninjago in the 2020s. And you know then after that, what's popular? Then you've got Pirates of the Caribbean and Harry Potter. People want fantasy stories and that's why one piece has kind of ruled the roost for so long in manga and a lot of other you know fantasy manga tends to rise and, and and take its place but the thing is is the fantasy they're misinterpreting that we don't want 
over here in the West and, and the other countries. We're we're enamored by their by their current manga and their current anime. I remember when Sailor Moon came over yeah, years right. ago, decades ago, but the girls couldn't get enough of it when I used to teach grade twelve back in Canada. The stickers and stuff were all over everything. And, you know, so they'd rush to read the manga and, and, and then again, you know, some would say, Oh, I have like a bunch of the books, but it's too hard and they never bridged that. By the power of the moon, I will destroy you. <laughs> exactly. John, but that's I, the point, and yeah. that's why there's this big hole right now, uh, and we just decided to fill it on a kind of a bit of a lark, and we've exploded. Sean, you said that it's um, you've had reasonable success with the eight to fourteen year old crowd. How much? Uh, how many people are actually using your product? At this point, uh, we don't we won't we, we don't know exclusively who's okay. using it because it's free. Right, right, yeah. Um, people can just, like, we've had people loving it, people saying we're showing it to our English group, we're showing it to my English class, I'm taking this to my students today. Okay. Um, we had one email come in where uh, this one uh, teacher had wrote us, he said he showed it to his high school class and his uh, after-school English club. And during the high school class, um, he'd introduced the first chapter, the kids were silent, enthralled, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Then when he finished that and moved on to another activity, one of the students like got out his phone and he was like, you know, trying without the teacher seeing him reading chapter two and chapter three. <laughs> wow. And then the That's teacher, great. you know, catches him in the hallway later and says, hey, you know, they got chapter four on Twitter. And the kid's like, yeah, I know. I found it already. Wow. You know? Wonderful. I mean, that's what you want. So we, yeah, we, definitely. all we know is that there's a there's a, a community of about 50 teachers or so hanging out on our Facebook page. Okay. Um, we're all over all the English sites. But to be honest, if you look at our Twitter stats and Pixiv stats, the English progression was slow, but and the Japanese progression has overtaken it in what, what took two weeks, three weeks, a couple of months to accomplish in English, the Japanese one has eclipsed in two days. Wow. Now, um, you said you did a test program with the government. Um, what is... Oh, that, that was a, a, a YouTube... Oh, uh, we, yeah. we got stats from the government. Okay. Uh, and Mione does, uh, Mione does um, uh, work for a government YouTube channel. I see. Yes. Okay. And, um, well, is there any hope that maybe... Um, some either educational institute or authority will t take this project and run with it. Is uh, what are your hopes for it? Here's well, here's what we had in our prototype stage. We went and had interviews with um, uh, these interviews are called mochikomi, and mm -hmm. that's when you take your manga to different uh, uh, publishing companies that do that publish manga and see what they they think and see if they'll take you on board. And the feedback that we got was. Um, Either we weren't sexy enough, or um, uh, I've had the same problem. We, we were approaching companies at random at the moment, uh, you know, because we weren't sure what our audience was at the time. And then we finally got some really good advice from one publishing company, which said the publishing companies don't pick anybody up through meeting anymore unless they're like super amazing. What everybody does now in the manga industry is they go on the website Pixiv and they try to establish a following both on Pixiv and Twitter. Oh, wow. And once they establish that following, then the publishers look around and see who's popular and then scoop them up. Why? Because these popular manga are low risk. In fact, One Punch Man came off a website. Oh, wow. It okay. isn't, you know, for example, it wasn't one that was like, oh, we love you. And the publisher picked them up immediately. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Love is difficult for an otaku. Another one. It was mm -hmm. scooped up after five years online. Okay. You know, this is. This so they is established a dedicated following. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Okay. And that's kind of um, where that's the stage you're at now. You're hoping to get to that point and then maybe picked up by a manga company. Yes, exactly okay. that. Oh, that sounds great. Sounds awesome, man. I wanted to ask you one other thing. Um, sure. You were saying that, um, what is it about how English is marketed here that like, it seems like places like China and um, South Korea have had a lot more success making it appealing to the masses. Why isn't, why hasn't Japan been able to do this? I mean, you had made a couple things. Is there any other points that you think that the government should be doing to making it more, I don't know if appealing is the right word, but just more, we need to do this. We need to work on this. Or the, Have the, higher degrees of successful results. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. I, all I can speak to, like, that's an excellent question. Um, all I can speak to is, is kind of a gap I see. Like, the government is in the newspaper saying they want to they want to promote English, so they hire a bunch of jet program teachers. Um, but, and then on the other side of it, you look on the train, and the number one book that students are enamored with are, like, those memorization vocabulary books. Mm, yeah. um, and, you know, you see a native teacher, and they, they focus on communicative teaching, but Japanese teaching in the classroom hasn't changed um, you know, from its lecture form, and they're still teaching to old textbooks mm. that they've been using for years. Like, what you know, maybe the flesh is willing, but the spirit is weak, or the other way around. Yeah, like, yeah, there's sure. this gap that, that the government just can't seem to cross. And I, you know, put on my conspiracy hat for a minute. Ooh. Maybe, maybe they don't. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a foreign language. I mean, if you look at Canada, you know, we've. Over there, we've embraced English and French. You, you can't enter the, the government sphere without it, you know. Um, but Japan's had English for, for tw you know, 20, 25 years of, of education, and they haven't embraced that, that bilingualism at mm -hmm. its core yet. Is it just an um, island mentality kind of thing then, do you think? I mean, uh, yeah, just I mean, in your opinion. It runs a little yeah. deeper, like it's almost... It's almost like embracing English would be a threat to identity. I mean, look at it. Look at it this okay. way: when you take English and French side by side, same alphabet, everything's fine. But you look at English and Japanese side by side. You know, that's a dump truck full of kanji and stuff that goes out the door when you, you know, adapt that other language. So they fear you know, for their own language, perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps, okay. and, and I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily warranted, seeing as how, you know. Uh, you know, Japan's number one export is its pop culture, um, and there's so much stuff that, that people love about it that they're. But I, I don't think they're quite in touch with uh, a lot of the passion that's going on around the world for their language. In fact, the one stumbling place is games. Mm, yeah. uh, there's, you know, they give us a lot of anime, a lot of manga, but there's a lot of games that people want that aren't getting published, and that may save their language because one of the reasons so many people are learning Japanese these days is they want to get their hands on and play games that Japan can't release in the States so or it's some, in North America. Maybe it's some of the feeling like, we're not going to you, you have to come to us. Yeah, okay. yeah, and and they continue this this sort of, you know, the, the English education kind of continues to limp on because, you know, they're not saying... You know, they're not saying, okay, we've got to stop it with these old textbooks. You know, they've got to send government officials into the schools and say, look, you have to start, you know, training your teachers in communicative teaching. You have to, you know, start embracing it. Uh, they, they tried to get teachers to speak English in the classroom. In one of the private schools I worked for, they suddenly just dropped it on teachers. They said to the, all the Japanese teachers in the room, okay, you now that teach English, you now all have to speak English in your classrooms. And I, there were teachers who quit over it. You know, it's yeah, like, no, I, I get it. it. Stressed them out and they left. 
Absolutely. And actually, I feel like we could talk about this if we want to talk about things that we don't like about the English educational system here in Japan. I feel like we could do two or three different shows, couldn't we? <laughs> But、um, what we'd like to do now、um, actually is just find out how can、um, people、uh, interested in the project support you? All right. So、uh, the, the first and, and, and best thing you can do.、Um, uh, First of all, the, the project, the, the manga is called Crystal Hunters.、Check、and、yeah. you can find us on Facebook at Crystal Hunters Manga.、Um, that's a good place to start. We also have a, a website at crystalhunters.com.、Uh, sorry, at crystalhuntersmanga.com.、Um, and we're on Twitter.、Uh, we're easy to find if you start searching for us.、Um, and you can see all this for free? Sorry.、Uh, yeah, it's all, all free for now. We、okay. have four chapters in English and three chapters in Japanese. We have a Spanish translator working for us right now.、Um, and we'll probably have German by the end of the year.、Um, and if you want to support us, the, the, the most helpful thing you can do is to share us.、Okay. Um, you know, if you, if you share us and then, you know, tell your friends to share us and then call your friends and say, hey, did you do what I told you to do? Did you share those guys? You know, Because the one thing I've learned in my 20 years is that for any project, and I'm sure you guys know this too, the loudest voice is not your own. Yeah, yeah,、you、right, know, exactly. It's got to be somebody who, who is not connected to you in some way, who's just like,、yeah. oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And, and then they、mm-hmm. go nuts and, and they share it. Okay. And that's so the most important thing. The second thing, we do have a donate button、okay. over on our、uh, website page.、Um, Yeah, crystalhuntersmanga.com. So if anybody's looking to offer us a little help financially, it's there.、Um, but again,、um, you know,、mm-hmm. the, the most important thing people can do is, is share us, make noise about us if this is something they want.、Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's, that's the best thing that, that anyone can do for us.、Um, talking with you guys today has, has, has been fantastic. Yeah,、and、it's been great having you on the show, Sean.、Um, we'll make sure to post up the links online. And I saw the manga. It has a definitely kind of a Ghibli fla-、uh, feel to it. So if you're a fan of those kind of movies, you definitely would like to,、uh, I think you'd be interested in Crystal Hunters. But, yeah, but if I might just finish. Yeah, yeah, sorry.、Nice, uh, finally talking to you both. Yeah.、Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been listening to you for a while. So it's nice to interact a little. Oh, cool. Great. Thanks for tuning in and listening, man. We, we appreciate that. You bet. All right, so take care now, and、uh, maybe we'll talk to you again in the future. So, Crystal Hunters, everyone check this、yes. out. All right, thanks, Sean. Thanks, take gentlemen.、Easy. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I have a little something I would like to say. Donate to the Japanwood podcast by going to paypal.me forward slash japanwut. All right. That clone has found its way back into the studio, I see. That's right. The clone, <laughs> the guest clone. And we don't mean Sean, of course. We, <laughs> mean, we mean the donators. The donators clone, yes. Yeah, Crystal Letters. That's a very, well, sounds cool, man. I hope everybody checks it out. Yeah. And、uh, yeah, anybody who sometimes has to teach and you have trouble getting your students interested, this seems like a, the perfect way of doing it. Absolutely. So I was,、uh, I, with all of this coronavirus going on, I've been.、Um, Uh, doing a whole bunch of recording. I've been doing deep dives into Logic Pro X and not only trying to、um, boost up my ability to you know, play around with、um, 
Hold play on around with um, um, little uh, knobs that say it in a different <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> Playing around with the little knobs. I'm just trying to find. I don't want to hear here. about your little knobs. What? I want to hear about my little knobs. Now, uh, so I, I've uh, been trying to do compression, and I think I've made a, a breakthrough with certain knobs in the compression field. Okay. And this song is called I Don't Do. I don't do the things I did anymore. They come and go. Just thinking about becoming a dissent. It's going to be great getting this paperwork done on time and put some money in my pockets. A little reward for becoming a dissent. Well, I tell you what, well, I've been thinking about this great. It's a cross of how hard With islands fall Stepping stones up I don't do the things I did anymore They come and go Just thinking about becoming A decent citizen So that song's called I Don't Do. I did the drums. I did the guitar. I did the vocals. I did the recording and the, the editing. The tin that's, whistle? The, yes. That's, that's an 80s sizzler keyboard. And uh, that's James Steele on the bass there. Nice. All right. You're listening to the Japan What Podcast with zero insight guaranteed. Moving on to the world of artificial intelligence. I have this theory called Heaven and Hell with AI. Ooh, and okay. um, My goodness. AI is actually, for the most part, really boring. Okay. And the only way to make it sexy is to make it sound like it's hell on earth. Okay. Now, it does have hell on earth applications. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Such as the all-seeing eye of Sauron in China right now. Because oh, they're right, developing yeah. uh, massive facial recognition abilities, uh, right, yeah. genetic searches as well. Yeah. So you can harvest organs when you need to. Wow, okay. That's done with artificial intelligence. Really? It's all about databases, right? Yeah, sure. But there's this one, um, I was listening to a program on NHK, just on, online, not yeah. on my TV. Right. And it was this whole climate change forces AI to harvest sea urchins. And I'm watching it. Oh, dear. And these people are like, the rising waters, the, all the kelp is gone and the sea urchins are moving in. And then it uh, sounds like, oh, my oh. God, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. Hell, hell, hell. Yeah. And then I, uh, and halfway through, it switches to the, um, the sea urchin people yeah. that harvest sea urchins. And they're like, <laughs> after the 311 disaster, uh, a lot of the kelp got destroyed by an invasive species. And now this other thing is gone. So we want to get rid of this, this invasive species. 
in order to bring back the previous thing that was there. Okay. So all right, that's kind of boring in a way. Yeah, you know? yeah, I could see. So yeah. the, the the news anchors and the yes. people in their glass studios are going right. hell, 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 yes, hell. Yes. But then the people on the ground are like, now we have this minor problem, and we want to use some AI to try to fix it to get <laughs> to get our kelp back. We need the seaweed to return. Okay? Not very clickable. <laughs> that's right. So this is a clip, and this is about a uh, AI urchin robot. Uh, that will harvest uh, uni, sea urchins, okay. off of the bed. Oh, wow. The robot's other major selling point is its built-in artificial intelligence. The AI analyzes images from the camera and marks the location of urchins in red. The robot then proceeds to suck them up through the inlet. The AI relies on deep learning. It has processed about 10,000 images of urchins and can spot them with more than 90% accuracy. The team says when the tides are calm, the device can catch more than 150 per hour. Tahara and his team are now trying to develop a free automated version of the robot with the ultimate aim of putting it on the market. And there we go. So there's too many sea urchins, and a lot of these sea urchins aren't very edible. Uh, so they want to just develop a robot that sucks them all up. And, you know, harvesting them by human hand, you need to have a bunch of people in a boat. You have to go into these waters, which are not very easily navigatable by humans. But if you just put a robot down there with a computer vision camera on it, and with a hose, it can identify the sea urchin and suck them up. Yeah, actually, though, I mean, this addresses a much bigger problem of um, biopollution or uh, yes. invasive species. So um, there's actually a, a many cases now where e even tourism is being hurt by um, things like, um, what was it, the lionfish, actually. Lionfish uh, that were, I think, brought in as pets, and I think this is down by Florida, are eating all the uh, native species. So they're taking over. And something like that would actually be very helpful in clearing out those things. Yeah. Or um, actually in the Mississippi, I think it is. Um, the Asian. The Asian carp. Asian carp, which yeah. are supposed to be really delicious. Um, But full of bones, I heard. That's the real oh, problem with it. Darn That's, it. Otherwise, actually, the meat is good, though. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that, too. People harvest it. Yeah. So the, the, the hell aspect has nothing to do with the actual application. Yeah, right. And then these sea urchins, a lot of them have no real good meat inside of them. Oh, yeah. So what they've done, what some researchers have done is that they've found that these sea urchins really like cabbage. I saw this. Oh, my God. Yeah. So if you can collect all of these sea urchins, put them into tanks, feed, feed them, them a cabbage. whole bunch of cabbage, now all of a sudden you have primo uni, and then the yeah. kelp can come back. And then the original uh, biodiversity returns, and then that market returns as well. And cabbage farmers do great. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, they always do great, though. The, the, the <laughs> cabbage. <laughs> the, the, this AI program is is kind of boring. So the only mm. way to make it sexy is to say climate change, burp, burp, burp. <laughs> panic, panic, invasive species. Yes. The only option is AI, <laughs> AI overlord in the sea urchin. And cabbage. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> in my uh, research for AI, which I've done a lot in the past five years, 95% of the fear porn is like, it's it's nothing uh, to do with the actual application itself. But they're using fear porn to, to distribute the knowledge. And then halfway through the report, it switches 
topics completely <laughs> and goes into some other completely different reason of why they're using the AI. I like that thought of uh, having a character like the the overlord, the evil overlord, but like he's not very good at doing it. Yes, right. invasive species are taking over. Feed so we have cabbage to, and yeah. sell them to restaurants. Yes, and at a jacked up price, so everyone will do... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we need more economy and markets to solve this problem. I think I'm losing people. <laughs> Everyone's like, we have to bring this character back. We realize. don't like the way he speaks, but the effects, pretty yeah, good. You know, pretty actually, good. I'm a Not little bad. hopeful that, darn it. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Well, hey I, hey, I think that's great. I think that's something that uh, AI definitely, we, we could... Um, it's a very real um, application that we can use in many different situations. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Not just urchins, but yeah, in, in for many invasive uh, sea, sea marine life species. Yeah. <laughs> but not, not race-based, of course. Yeah. <laughs> for many invasive species. Thank you. Species. Yeah, we didn't actually mean, when we said Asian <laughs> carp, we meant carp yes. from, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we have nothing against... We're not, know, we're yeah. not, yeah. Asian garb. That'd be funny if you know how hardcore racists just feel this hatred towards other races, which is ridiculous. Yes. It'd be funny if people did that, but only with animals with uh, ethnic names in them. Oh, no. Like this guy's just like the Asian carp invading my river. I'm never going to let this happen. So you're saying like the woke overlord of annihilation is like, we, the Asian carp are coming in, but. We don't mean that Asians are they bad. They're just invading. And, yeah. <laughs> They're not going to learn our language. <laughs> just. I just mean carp from that region. It's the demographics thing. We're losing them again. Darn it. <laughs> Hardcore ethnic. Yeah. Uh, um, what, what can we say? Discrimination we just is based on animals with names in them. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sure that's already caused a controversy somewhere. Yeah. Sure. Well, we'll use only scientific names from now on. Okay. Oh, about yes. time. Yes. Yes. Everybody loves speaking in Latin. Okay. There we go. <laughs> All right. Moving on <laughs> from that awkward. Do I have an interstitial? Oh, you know. Um, I do have an interstitial. Oh, my goodness. Let's hear it. Stupid Gotcham of the Week. Stupid Gotcham. S-G-O-T-W. Take it away, Tom. American woman accused of smuggling cocaine in bra. In Chiba, oh dear, my hometown. Chiba Prefectural Police have arrested an American uh, national female over the alleged smuggling of cocaine at Narita International Airport. On February 23rd, Lori Jane Trumpy <laughs> allegedly arrived at the airport on a flight from Brazil with about 2.2 kilograms of cocaine concealed inside the cups of her brazier. The drugs have a street value of 44 million yen, police said. Since I am homeless, I am troubled by money, the suspect told police. Upon the woman's arrival, a, cust- a Japan customs official became suspicious after learning that the, the woman's passport had been issued just two weeks before and noticing bulges in her chest area. I'm sure that's what he noticed. Yeah. Yeah. That's written, bulges folks, okay? Bulges in her chest area. The woman also said that an acquaintance offered to pay her $5,000 to smuggle the cocaine. Oh, dear. Always an American. Uh, yeah, a homeless American Brazilian woman stuffing her bra full of cocaine. 
Yep. We I, can officially not say not again. That's yeah. an SGOTW. Yeah. Oh. Not even like I don't feel like, ooh, this is a little bit uh, edgy in our approach here. Uh yeah. this is this is as stupid gaijin of the week it gets. This yeah, is maximum yeah. SGOTW. This is the essence of stupid gaijin of the week, I think. American coming from Brazil with a yeah. two week old passport with like kilograms of cocaine stuffed yeah. into her bra. I wonder if there was a better way of smuggling. Mm. Maybe well, I'm I'm not even gonna get into it, but <laughs> uh breast implants. They <laughs> cocaine breast implants. Now, okay, this had a, a value. Okay, let me just get to this. Forty four million yeah. Four hundred and forty thousand dollars. Yeah, but they only offered to pay her five thousand dollars to smuggle that in. She's a mule. Yeah, but Coke mule. I feel yeah, it's not worth the the risk i guess i I guess when you're desperate and you're homeless you you know what can you do but have you ever seen those uh, locked up abroad shows no oh you should i just i don't need to be any more depressed locked up abroad she's she she, she's gonna be on the next season definitely yeah Yeah, i think so absolutely oh boy yeah they're not gonna banged up abroad is another word for it banged up abroad (laughs) Better, it's better than being on one of those um, airplane crash reports uh, shows. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's true too. I'm I'm more of a naked and afraid kind of viewer. If you've seen that show, no. Okay, never mind then. It's an intriguing title though. Yeah, yeah. All Survivor right. show. Survivor. Yes. Naked and afraid. Naked and afraid. So, Highly recommend it. With, oh yeah, watch it. Watch the shit out of that show. <laughs> The uh, virus has overshadowed that the fact that on 311, mm-hmm. there was a triple threat. The Beyonce of natural disasters struck Japan. A uh, tsunami, earthquake, tsunami, nuclear reactor explosion. It was a rough one. It was a rough one. But people are panicking more over the coronavirus than they are over the uh, 311 disaster, which was a little bit strange. Yeah, that is strange. I remember actually. every. Yeah. I remember just getting the hell out of Tokyo, going to Osaka. Oh, really? Drinking okay. a bottle of, of uh, whiskey and then uh, peeing all over my brother's futon because he lived there at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that, as as we all would react. No yeah. quarantine. Yeah, I um, just uh, yeah. At that time, I remember there was um, there's a rumor about sunflowers being uh, able to absorb uh, tritium, I think, from the soil. So people were planting a lot more of those, and. Um, because the power was actually, uh, we were having regular blackouts. More people were hanging um, overhangs for shade and growing goya in them. Because once they grew out and filled out, it would create a much bigger uh, shade area. Yeah, green curtain. It's called. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, actually, that's what I always remember. I think of it as the time of sunflowers and goya. That was my. I remember when all those radioactive boars took over that abandoned city in Fukushima. And then when they moved back, the humans moved back in, they had to shoot them all. And there's all these pictures of Mm. Japanese soldiers with rifles shooting radioactive wild boars. Was that, I heard about that. I wasn't sure it was a, if it was a real story. It was like 200 or 300 boars. Radioactive boars. Radioactive boars took over an abandoned Fukushima village. Wow. I didn't, yeah. (laughs) That's a manga. (laughs) <laughs> That's the manga I want to read. Our radioactive boars will take over. Yeah. I mean, they just want to stay there for a little while. And oh, I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> the AI will create markets. <laughs> um, 
All right. Anything else for today? Oh, yeah. I wanted to play. So I put together a uh, Tsunami Remembrance. It's a little bit of a downer, but we should be uh, respecting that day and not let um, uh, let it pass us by without thinking about it. So this is um, to remember the Tsunami. Northern Japan, March the 11th, 2011. A major earthquake hit Japan on Friday afternoon. Japan's meteorological agency sees the quake measured magnitude 8.4. The agency has issued a tsunami warning for Japan's Pacific coast. I looked in my rearview mirror as video of this woman washed away. The countryside is choked with smoke from fires that burned all night long. But that's just the beginning. Ten nuclear reactors at two power plants are crippled threatening the unimaginable. If Tokyo needed to be evacuated, I feared the entire nation of Japan would be paralyzed by chaos. I had it in my mind that I'd use the car to protect me as long as possible. More than 28,000 people are confirmed dead or missing. Yeah. We commemorate the victims. Commemorate the victims. It was a crazy time. Uh, All right. Let's uh, finish up on Happy Notes shows. Yeah. In the face of all this, we have to move forward. We, you know, uh, so as always, we try and promote and support as many uh, individual independent artists as we can. Um, This one is a show that's actually um, today right at recording time. So I'm just going to promote the, uh, it's actually an EP release party by two bands. Uh, it's the International Music Party. This is volume 17, and it's today at uh, Live House Anga. If you can't make it because the show, we announced it too late, um, please check out Badgerline and the Slow Wolves Club. They are both releasing um, either albums or EPs. Um, check their music out. They're both great bands. Um, also, um, on the 28th, of March, I believe a Saturday. Um, this great uh, restauranteur and producer of fine cuts of meat, it's a company called Magical Animal. They're putting on an event called 28 Ribs Later, a Niku no Hi event. Um, it's actually held at the Titans Craft Beer Tap Room and Bottle Shop. That's uh, in Otsuka, right? Yep, near Otsuka. That's a great place. Oh, okay. I've been there. Well, there are now, uh, they have a new uh, menu item called deep fried barbecue pork ribs. So uh, if you are interested in that, and they also have, yeah, they have a very uh, fine uh, selection of like sausages and hamburgers and great food. Um, Definitely go check that out on the 28th. I think it starts at three o'clock. All right. The last one I want to do is just an event that I'm running. It's uh, at a little place, my local Barty's Lounge. Um, I have an event. It's a little video DJ event called Somebody Phones It In. And I already had it with uh, Yuzuru Takeda from the Molise, um, the 28th. So after you eat your fill at uh, the 28 ribs later, come down to T's Lounge and uh, it will be Sawakato DJing. So Sawakato phones it in at T's Lounge on the 28th of March, Saturday. We'll get her on the show sometime soon. Definitely. Yeah. She's All down. right. 
Well, everyone, um, thank you. It's been an emotional journey. Ups of, and downs, uh, yes. go around, come <laughs> back, go down again, and finish up on a uppity note. Stiff up a lip. Your souls will be doomed for eternity. Don't trust the fake news. And if it's not eternity, it'd probably be for a... Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> eternity plus one. On that note, thank you, everyone. Stay safe and keep pushing forward, everyone. Thank you, Japan What listeners. It's a good tuna, but I think I paid too much.